Well, this week's episode is Dr. Todd Miles on the significance of Good Friday and Easter. I know you're going to benefit from listening to this. You may find it oddly familiar, but you're not the odd one, or at least you're not odd for finding this familiar. And it's also not odd Todd. It's odd Dan. I forgot that Todd and I recorded an episode on this topic last year in the same room around the same time, episode 78. And Todd was just humble to agree to do it with me again. He just thought, well, you know, you can't explore the resurrection and Good Friday enough. Uh, I was getting some serious deja vu all over again during the recording of this episode. I was like, man, I feel like I've asked you this question before, like a year ago in this room. So maybe you'll feel that deja vu too, but you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be great. So here it is in all its glory. Todd, welcome back to the Disciple Henson Podcast. It is good to be here. Uh, when did Christians start celebrating Good Friday and Easter? I think pretty much immediately after, after, the, <laughs> after resurrection, the resurrection. After the resurrection. They switched from the Sabbath being on that, Saturday, that essentially, yes, yeah. to, uh, to the Lord's Day. To, yeah. To Sunday. Yeah. And, and it probably wasn't like an immediate switch. They just added it to their schedule. True. true. At, which, at, at great cost. Oh yeah, because that wasn't a holiday. It, it, it's not a weekend. It's not a day off. They're um, they're going to work later that day in the are. Roman Empire. Yes. Um, now, what about the annual celebration though? Because now we have this kind of hallmark holiday yeah. where you can get the, do the Easter egg hunt and the whole bit, at least for Easter. But was there? A, do you know a time in church history? I know this isn't necessarily yeah. your area of study, nor I, is it I, mine. I, I don't. I, I do know that that there's a church calendar that pops up on the scene as soon as there can be a, a church calendar. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's liturgy that's forming already in the the first and second century, though. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure when when like Easter and when they called it Easter. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the in, in a sense just gathering as the body on on the first day of the week sunday is a celebration of easter and and they it seems they did that almost immediately so let's just go from there as as christians then because we gather weekly and i mean this is in the bible right to, mm -hmm. to gather yeah. regularly or on the lord's day and this is what christians have done from the beginning since the resurrection so should we care about the annual celebration that is easter uh, yeah, I, I, I think we should. Uh -huh. I, I think we should simultaneously recognizing that every Lord's Day is a resurrection celebration. Um, but but there is so, there's something nice to the, the the annual rhythm of, okay, we, we gather on Sundays in in commemoration of the resurrection, but but we're really gonna uh, do it well. Uh, at, at least once a year. I, I, I think there probably is something to the rhythm of life where, where that's helpful and encouraging, um, if for no other reason than just evangelistic reasons. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. What about um, your family growing up or in the Miles household today? Um, any, any kind of like traditions or ways that you guys celebrate Easter? Yeah. Uh, so, so growing up, we did the, the Easter eggs and there was usually a gift associated with it. It, it, it was one more kind of fun family uh, holiday. Um, since Camille and I have been married, uh, Camille likes to invite people over on, on Easter. We will have a, a whole bunch of people over um, at, at the house. Um, and and it, it's, it, 
it's way more of a church celebration. Yeah. And, and then if we can get some, some people who aren't believers to come, then that's, yeah. that's even better. Right. Um, yeah. Um, in terms of like any kind of fun tradition, the, the one that I know our kids would say is that Camille always makes a, a, uh, a, 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 a a vegetable platter with a big bread bunny <laughs> and with a bunny made a, out of bread a bunny made out of bread and then with all the vegetables all around the side and then in the middle where the stomach would ordinarily be is where there there's the, hummus the asad like the hummus or ranch or something like that oh interesting um i think that's such a tradition that ethan down in southern california makes one every easter and sends pictures of it so wow that's it, impressive and he doesn't do a lot of baking but yeah but, but he does do that so 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 maybe that's the the miles tradition that's pretty cool as usual i have nothing to do with these at all <laughs> other than I, I eat vegetables occasionally yeah. <laughs> you eat the bunny i do yeah. <laughs> um have i ever told you what my mom did on on easter for our family maybe i, I can't remember if i've talked about this on this even on this podcast i can't remember but well I might she, if you start talking she she would she created all the disciples i think including jesus i think jesus was involved out of clothespins like kind of dressed them up as little dolls okay. kind of thing. Yeah. But they're, they're just clothespins with, with, uh, with the names of the disciples written on the clothespins and she would hide them around. Uh, cause my mom wasn't real big on us having lots of sugar. Okay. Um, so she would have liked the bread bunny with all the veggies, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So when we'd find the disciples hidden around the house or around the yard, we would, we would say he is risen. Oh, um, and we'd always needle each other. If someone found Judas, for some reason, she threw Judas in there, oh, even though, okay. you know, and, and was identified how like a really sinister look on his yeah, face. Maybe or... the art, you know, the, <laughs> the eyebrows going down <laughs> yes. uh, or his bowels coming out. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> no, That'd be great. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, that was a very Diane Triner thing. Um, it, it would come as no surprise to anybody who's ever been to our house. There's lots of candy around on Easter though, too. And, and there's Easter baskets and such, but yes. Yeah. So your place, your house is a popular place on Easter. Um, well to go from kind of that, the light cultural, uh, ways we celebrate and remember Easter, um, any ways that you, uh, would even encourage the church to be preparing for like the good Friday service and Easter Sunday. It's Holy Week. Happy it's, Holy Week. It's Holy Week. We it marked by snow yesterday. That's and, right. And, yeah. and hail and sleet today. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, I, so something that, that we do uh, in our family is that we read the passion narratives. And they're really easy to find in the Gospels because an, an inordinate amount of space is given in each of the Gospels to that last few days of Jesus's life. Um, that that last week and the the passion narrative the the trial the crucifixion and such and um and so we're trying to to read that you know we we started that last night on, on monday and we'll read that whole and be ready for the good friday service oh so you read like leading up to it during mm -hmm. holy week oh yeah. that's great that's yeah. great yeah some people have even or someone's described the gospel narratives as like pat the passion narrative with an introduction yeah right exactly. would you agree with that um oh boy um yes and no i i guess i i, I don't want to be too too picky about such things but i mean i think jesus did more than not less but more than just come to die and, and so mm -hmm. you know the his teaching 
is very, very important for reasons other than just ticking off the authorities so that they would crucify him, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, so, so there's a place for that. But again, a, an inordinate amount of space is dedicated to that last week. It is certainly the priority of the gospel writers. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I guess I'd say it that way. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 if someone said, you know, their their extended passion narratives with a with a length, lengthy intro, I, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't like want to correct them or anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of thinking about it. Nice. Um, well, let's, I mean, you're a theology professor. Yes. Um, that's your day job. It is. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the theological significance of the, well, let's just jump to the resurrection. Okay. Um, so, so what would you say if, if like a kind of an unchurched or non-Christian friend were to say kind of like, hey, what, what's what's the big deal about the resurrection? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of religions and legends have a story, kind of a, a resurrection part yeah. of their, of their, you know, religion mm-hmm. um, or myth. What, what would be the case that you would give of why the resurrection is so significant? Why is it that we should be so joyful about Easter Sunday? Yeah. Well, uh, so the first thing I would say is that I, I would affirm you're absolutely right. In all these different worldviews, all those religion, all these other religions, that there is and myths, that there is some sort of of resurrection story. I think that points to the reality of the actual true story that 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 there is something inside of us that that suggests this is not all that there is. That there has to be more than this. That that death. Death is so wrong that it can't be the final word. Mm. Um, and, and and if it and if it were the final word, then then we might as well be nihilists, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but but most people don't want to sink into that sort of of muck, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they want to know that there's some sort of hope. Um, and 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 I think the hope of resurrection. And I don't want to get too weird on this, but. But I suspect that the hope of resurrection is kind of written into our hearts in a general revelation sort of way. Yeah. So where we say, this, this can't be all there is. There's got to be something more. Dear God in heaven, is not is this really the final thing? Um, and of course, the, the cool thing in the scriptures is that, that it's not the, the final thing. But the story of the scriptures is so much greater because like if I were talking to an unbeliever, I would say, here's what the resurrection represents. It, it, it means that, that God himself took on human flesh uh, to die in our place, to overcome sin and death. Uh, he rose again from, from the dead, demonstrating to all the powers and principalities, anyone who would ever suggest that, that a merciful, forgiving God is unjust in forgiving, that no, forgiveness is very, very costly, but that, that it costs human life. It costs jesus christ his his life but he rose from the dead in demonstration that that penalty has been paid for us um that that there is forgiveness in in jesus christ so i mean that would be one thing that i would want to highlight if i were talking to someone who who already knew that and recognized that Mm -hmm. i i would want to emphasize another thing the resurrection tells us is that this material world this body that we have that's so so important to who we are as as humans Hmm. um our our body and Mm -hmm. and then the physical world that we inhabit it matters to god Hmm. it's it's written into the story not just as a weird appendage that's added on but it is vital to the whole 
biblical narrative of creation, fall, redemption, and consummation, um, that, that, that Jesus Christ got up from the dead bodily. He, 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 you know, you, you could touch him, you could, um, you know, see him, hear him, but, but touch physical touch. And, and then there's a, the, the weird, um, story about how he, he in, in Luke, how, how he demonstrates that he's not a ghost by eating some fish, mm-hmm. which apparently in biblical lore is proof positive that you're not a ghost because ghosts don't eat fish apparently right they hate they hate fish they, they hate fish yeah, yeah. So jesus said so oh he must not oh, yeah he's, he's eating fish he <laughs> yeah. likes it he must not be a ghost <laughs> it really is jesus yeah um but but he he does something that physical human beings do as as proof that he's mm-hmm. not just an apparition but um but and 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 i think that shows us that that that, that this body matters and and in in our world today there's a real uh, criticism, there's a real um, negligent attitude or dismissal of, of how vital the human body is to human identity. Hmm. Um, and, 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 and I think Resurrection Day uh, puts a decisive rebuke on anyone who would suggest that your body is not vital to your identity. What are some of the consequences maybe in evangelicalism and even our culture in thinking, well, we'll stick with evangelicalism, um, that the body is of little significance because, you know, uh, we're going to go float up with the angels for eternity. Yeah. Well, I I mean, first off, I would say that sounds like no fun at all. And thankfully, um, God is... (laughs) God does not get his eschatology from precious moments figurines, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that, that this whole idea of, of floating around bodiless, playing harps or, or whatever, that's, that's not the biblical picture. The biblical picture is, is resurrection, mm-hmm. right? A new body inhabiting a new heavens and a new earth. And by new heavens and new earth, we really mean a new earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A new earth um, where, where, where heaven and earth intersect, but it's, it's, it's a new creation, a, a recreation. Um, so I think that's, that's the first thing. I, I mean, um, <laughs> your destiny is, is to be embodied in a new creation. And, and, and that's super exciting for us. It, it probably also tells us something about how we're supposed to treat this body now. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that in, in, in contradistinction to, to other worldviews and other religions, um, there is a vital role that the body plays in Christian theology. Hmm. Uh, we were, we were created in the image of God, um, which I take it to mean that he makes little representations of himself, little representatives whom he delegates authority to. And he gives us a body that enables us to do the things that he wants us to do to represent him. Hmm. Not saying that uh, by saying that body is part of Imago Dei, image of God, I'm not saying that therefore God has a body, so he gave us one. Hmm. But in order to image him as he would have us do it, he gave us this body. We inhabit this physical world that God has created. Hmm. Um, it's, it's important, so important that uh, it followed humanity in being cursed and, and, and it awaits a redemption of sorts, a, a new the, creation. The physical uh, earth. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, the physical earth does. Yeah, it's groaning. Um, it, yeah. It's groaning in anticipation of this mm-hmm. day. I mean, heavens, the, the, the earth knows that this is not the way things are supposed to be. Isn't that interesting? Right? Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah. Hmm. 
So what would you have said to my fitness coach a few years back when I was working out and trying to get my mind up to do some, some lift? And she said to me, Daniel, you are a body. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would probably say you're right. Uh -huh. uh, and of course, with you, we all know what that means. It's intimidating a little bit. Yeah, I, there I, know you go. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I, I think that you're, you're more than that, though. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, but 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 you are not merely a soul or a spirit. You are, you are an embodied soul, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, but, but that body part is vital. Mm -hmm. That body part is vital. Mm -hmm. Um, there's this, th this weird time in, uh, in, in, in everybody's future, mm -hmm. uh, unless Jesus returns during our lifetime, uh, where, where we will die and we will go into the presence of the Lord, but we will be awaiting the resurrection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and Paul speaks of this in 1 Corinthians 5. Uh, it, it's, it's a weird time. It's an unnatural time where he, he likens it to, to being naked. Mm -hmm, <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. um, we're unclothed. We're, we're awaiting this, this, this resurrection body. That, that's, how, that's how vital and essential um, the, the body is to, to, to human identity. Um, that, that even though we're in the presence of the Lord, it's awkward. Yeah, yeah. It's awkward as we await resurrection. So in thinking about the, the importance of the body and how the resurrection kind of affirms and underlines that, and we see Jesus come back not as, uh, again, a disembodied soul mm -hmm. or just a force. Like, it, yeah. it, it's not the force. Jesus is not the force from Star Wars who comes and indwells his, you know, Jedi followers. Yeah. Nope. But... Um, but at the same time, like you, you talked, we talked about like, it's more than that. And in, even coming out of the, the sermon and some of the things we were been considering this last uh, Sunday about spiritual warfare and thinking mm -hmm. about, you know, Ephesians six and what was happening, like, would you speak at all to what was happening on a spiritual yeah. realm and the rulers and the authorities, the unseen realm, if you will, yes. yeah. at the cross and the resurrection? Like, how would you speak to what was happening on that level, the level that we can't see? Well, there, there is an unseen realm. There is a spiritual world and, and, and there's good and there's evil in that spiritual world, just as in our material world here that we live in, um, there's, there's good and, and there's evil. Um, what we have in the Christian worldview is not a radical dualism where like the material world is bad and the mm. spiritual world is good. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's more of a modified dualism where, where good and evil interact. And sometimes the, 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 the invisible world, uh, the, the, the war from that invisible world, it spills into our physical realm as well. And, and I think that's definitely what's taking place at the cross, um, hmm. probably more so than at any other time in human history, where there are, are, are vile and evil spiritual forces who think they're doing, I, I'm, I'm, there's a little speculation here, but, but, but I suspect they thought what they were doing was going to achieve a very diabolical end. And, and they were happy about that. Mm -hmm. what, what they didn't understand is, is that God was effecting his spiritual victory in this material world that was going to have ramifications, not just for the spiritual world, but for the physical world as well. And mm -hmm. so, so even in this, this spiritual battle that's going on, it's, it's, not, it's not merely a spiritual battle, but you have that modified dualism where, where Jesus... Um, condemns spiritual forces 
through a real physical death in this material world and and nails the coffin shut so to speak or makes all evil spiritual forces like dead men walking by getting up physically from the dead hmm. and and so easter i think tells us that that yeah there is a a spiritual world out there and and there's there are strong and terrifying forces um but but that's not ultimate any more than our physical world is ultimate but but there's a a modified dualism that the, what happens here in the body matters and what happens in the spiritual world matters and and s sometimes it feels like they're separate but easter tells us that that ultimately and finally they won't be separate forever and even maybe even just a couple days there before Easter on Good Friday, I mean, you have these these signs or these these strange happenings mm. in the physical world of was it I can't remember at noon or three o'clock, um, you know, the darkness descending. On, yeah. Was, do you think that was a solar eclipse? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it, it, it could have been, but sure. I don't think it was accidental. Right. It, it, it right. might be that somebody was observing and saying, oh, what a strange time for an eclipse. Or, mm -hmm. but, but I think the, the biblical interpretation of it is, is, is that God was doing this in a significant way for, for, for his reasons. And it had to do with what was going on at Calvary. Maybe it was apocalyptic text type stuff where it's like darkness and, you know, uh, may, maybe I, I've heard some people say, you know, maybe the darkness was just God protecting the dignity of his son. Hmm. Uh, I hadn't where, heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, you know, but then you uh, have things like the, the curtain, uh, tearing in mm -hmm. two. And, uh, is it in Matthew or Mark's account now? I can't remember where you have like, uh, how, how does the, the gospel writer put it? Like dead people, yeah. like spirits kind of coming <laughs> yes. up and visiting, visiting, like, yeah. you know, old family members. Yeah. Yeah. So what was up with that? I have no explanation <laughs> okay. whatsoever. I, that. I, I hope there's videotape in heaven where, and where we can say like, right. what, what exactly was this and, right. uh, going on? But, but I think, uh, yeah, that, that's extraordinary. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and it's, it, it, it's again, this interaction between the spiritual world and the physical world, may, maybe just one more demonstration that what was going on with a real human being's heart stopping due to crucifixion mm -hmm. that that has enormous implications for the the unseen world as well like like mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. of creation not just material creation but mm -hmm. all of creation is like pausing and looking on this event which is the most significant event in all of human history up to that point in time mm -hmm. yeah now you know, these are hopefully by, you know, our church, even listening to this conversation, they'll be prepared to think uh, big thoughts about about God and the significance of what's happening at the cross and the resurrection, uh, r really the, the central point of our faith. Um, any just, uh, you know, you, you talked about in your family reading the, the passion narratives leading up to Good Friday and Easter, any other good resources to help us meditate on the significance and the glory of the cross and the resurrection, things that have been useful for you and your yeah. walk with Christ? Uh, I, I would John Piper wrote his like 50 reasons that Jesus had to die. Jesus had to die. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that was very helpful. I, I, I think there, um, I think it, Piper also has another like shorter little, uh, book. Um, and I can't, even, I can't remember the name. We'll put it in the notes. Right we'll look it up later. Yeah. Okay. Um, that like any, 
any meditation at all yeah. on 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 Jesus's death and and subsequent resurrection is super helpful and it should be super encouraging because it's the most important thing mm -hmm. that has ever happened. Mm -hmm. um, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross was the most significant event in all of human history that's probably trumped only by the resurrection. Yeah, um, yeah. But then well we said. see those two things together and it's like, it, <laughs> John said that all the books in the world couldn't contain, you know, the, yeah, the stories. Yeah, verse. Um, he, he probably could have limited that to the death and resurrection of Jesus, just thinking through the implications of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure we haven't even scratched the surface of everything that was going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, N.T. Wright tried to do it in that, on the resurrection in that book. I mean, <laughs> yes. hopefully, I mean, even in that book though, he's only scratching the surface. I don't know how many pages, but you brought that oh, with you. Yeah, what's is, that like 700 pages? It, book? it is a good 700 pages. Yes. Um, 730, something like that. I mean, N.T. Wright, that's going to have, uh, you know, he's going to have mixed reviews. He will. But, um, but you would recommend that book, yeah? Yes, I would. Uh, when when Wright is good, he's really, really good. Uh -huh. And 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 this this is Wright, I think, at his best. Mm -hmm. it, it answers all the questions from you know. I'll geek out for just a second here. Please. He's, he's got this trilogy that started with Jesus, the Victory of God, mm -hmm. and and I think that people read Jesus, the Victory of God, and it wasn't apparent to anyone why N.T. Wright thought that Jesus had to die. Well, the, he answers that. Uh, in in the resurrection of the Son of God, mm -hmm. um, and and right, in my opinion, when N.T. Wright is at his best, it, it's when he's doing the historical work because he he has the ability to engage with Jesus scholars and skeptics and all of that. He's able to walk into their turf, play by their rules, hmm. and still come to the right conclusions. Hmm. And hmm. and so, from an apologetic standpoint, I think that's where he is. He's at his best. Um, and, and that's what this book is. He, he marshals so much evidence for the resurrection that by the time you're done, you think, I'm not just within my epistemic rights for believing that Jesus got up from the dead. Mm -hmm. I think people are obligated by the evidence to believe that Jesus got up from the dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, so that I mean that that's not going to be a book that you're going to uh, hand to a non-Christian friend <laughs> no. and say like, "Hey, read this, and then you'll understand why it's reasonable for me mm -hmm. to believe in this." And yet, you would say that in our evangelism or talking to skeptics, yeah. uh, we should. Would you say that we should almost start with the resurrection? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, and and the reason for that is I I probably even said this on this podcast before though, but. Whenever I have like a captive audience of a whole bunch of people, mm -hmm. like college students or whatever, I I, I tell them, yeah, hey, by, by all means, go investigate the other religions, mm -hmm. In, investigate them. That's that you you probably ought to do that. But but if I were you, I would start with Christianity, and and, and the reason is is because Christianity comes with its own criterion of falsification. Hmm. Uh, Paul said, if Jesus mm -hmm. didn't get up from the dead, then we are wasting our time. Mm -hmm. We're wasting our time. And so, how do you prove that Christianity is false? prove Jesus didn't get up from the dead. Hmm, hmm. Uh, but if he did get up from the dead, yeah. <laughs> if he did rise from the dead, we might want to listen to him, yeah. right? That's a pretty significant thing. Yeah. It, it kind of feels like it's all or nothing at this point. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, start with Christianity. And if you can prove he didn't get up from the dead, up from the dead then you can cross it off the list hmm. and, and move on to whatever thing you want to do after that. Um, but if he did get up from the dead, 
but you better get on your face before him. Yeah. Because that, that is proof positive that, that he is precisely who he's claimed to be. And you don't need to go looking anywhere else at that point. He, he's all that. There you go. When did you come to believe that or how? I, I'm, I, I guess I'm one of those uh, people who um, my testimony is the testimony that every Christian parent would want for their child. Mm. Um, I, so I, from I, an early age, yeah. you believe truly there, uh, that Jesus, the God-man, uh, like bodily got up from the dead. Yes. And did you ever go through a period like, you know, it often happens to people in mm -hmm. like high school, college where you're like, wait, this, this is like crazy talk. Do, do I really believe do this? Really believe and that? Did, you yeah. had to go back and like kind of, um, deconstruct. Or I, 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 I didn't have to deconstruct it just, um, in, in God's kindness to me, um, it, it, it wasn't that I didn't care about proofs, but, but, but everything just reinforced it. It, it mm -hmm. wasn't like rescuing me from the precipice of, of, of like apostasy or something. Mm -hmm. Just, I, I believed in them. I'd read something else and it was like, it fit just really nicely into my worldview. And, mm -hmm. uh, um, and it, it's, it's not that I haven't examined other things. I, I'm, I mean, I can talk with people about different religions. Um, I'm, I probably know as yeah, much you, as, you as as your average person yep. would yeah. um so it's it's not through neglect um yeah i i guess in in god's kindness that's that's more my story hmm. yeah well that's a again like you said that's a story that we would pray for mm -hmm. for all the, the like the next generation here at henson and in god's kindness that's that's my story too it just it rang true it, yeah i you know by by because of the holy spirit i believed it to mm -hmm. be true and how i saw it uh, authenticated in people's lives yeah. Um, yeah, the real and, change. And I mean, that's an ongoing thing. And right. I, 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 even today, I've, I've told people that, that the way that Hinson Church loved my family when yep. Camille was sick, hmm. I, I, I would tell people, I wrote this on all the thank you cards. I've mm -hmm. never been more convinced that Jesus got up from the dead. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well put. Um, I'm going to, let's conclude with this, unless you have anything else you want to say about Good Friday and Easter. So feel free to, you know, just grab the mic here at the end, but, uh, I I'll throw you, I've heard you say, I didn't prepare you for this, but you know, we as a church could grow more in joy. Oh yeah. Now, <laughs> wouldn't you say that, uh, the resurrection is a good place to start for that? I would think so. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a great place. Yeah. We're, I mean, it's funny cause probably not Good Friday. Probably not Good Friday, but certainly, yeah. but certainly Resurrection Day. Yeah. So the, there's going to be there's a different tone for mm -hmm. gathering for a Good Friday service than for an Easter service. How would you explain that? Well, I I think um, when we look at the cross of Jesus Christ, and mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about His crucifixion. Yeah. What do we see? Uh, we see human sin. Yeah. We see the cost of human sin. Mm -hmm. We we see the love and kindness and mercy of God. We, we do see that, but we see it in the death of his son awaiting the resurrection. That's still a couple days away. Right, right. right. Um, and so I do think that it's appropriate to go to a Good Friday service and, and to uh, be more reflective, mm -hmm. uh, to be perhaps, perhaps a bit more somber, mm -hmm. um, uh, because we should... In, in thinking about the death of Jesus, we should come to grips with, with uh, once again, with, with our own sin. Yeah. Um, because that's what put him there. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then, but Resurrection Sunday should be the reverse of that. It, yeah. sh it should be a time of great joy um, because in any reflection of sin, I think, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe think about it this way. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud at this yeah, point, sure. but um, that... 
any, any thought of sin on resurrection day probably should be treated the way that we'll think about sin in the eternal state where we're in the presence of God and sin won't have scars on us that, that all that we will consider in our sin is just the love and kindness and mercy and joy of, of God. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's, there's going to come a day where, where all of these scars that uh, from sin w will be made untrue and, and they won't mm. have that anchors effect. I, I think we'll remember humans are, we'll, we'll remember sin, but, but it will be overwhelmed by the joy of, of resurrection and mm -hmm. forgiveness and being in the presence of God. Um, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yet a point of, con would you say that there is a point of continuity between Good Friday and Easter and that there's a, a gratitude in both? Yes. And yet, like you said, for when it comes to Easter or resurrection Sunday, our, our gratitude spills over in like a joyful victory yeah. where the gratitude on good Friday is, is in kind of in light of mm -hmm. the, the cost of the cost. our sin. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, well, I look forward to, to both celebrating and remembering with you this, yeah. this coming weekend. And, uh, you're doing the Good Friday service. Right? Yeah. Um, yes. The verse I think that we're going to meditate on on Good Friday is uh, that verse in the garden when um, Jesus says to, to Judas, would you betray the son of man with a kiss? Mm. So think, thinking about how, how strange that the betrayal was, you know, and took the form of the, the, the kiss. So, it's brutal, isn't it? The kiss of death. Yeah. So thank you, Todd, for having this conversation. Thanks. It's really fun. 